What's up, y'all, and welcome back to another episode of the Resilient Body Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Arnika, the not-so-typical chiropractor, and today's episode is for all my people who are experiencing sciatica, okay? If you are experiencing sciatica, this is something I hear about frequently in my office. You've been experiencing this for weeks, months, or even years. There are so many things that you can do on your own so you can help relieve some of those symptoms that you're having. So today, I'm going to share with you some strategies and some movements that can help you start relieving that pressure on that sciatic nerve. All right, so let's get started. How do you know if you're experiencing sciatica? So a couple of things. Sciatica is commonly only on one side of the body. So it's commonly only on one leg. If you are experiencing some type of radiating pain or tingling going down both of your legs, then that's a totally different issue. If you're experiencing some pain or tingling in only one part of your leg and it doesn't involve your low back, that's a different issue. So making sure that one, sciatica is commonly on one side of the body, one leg, and it is radiating starting at the low back. So maybe you're experiencing that pain in the low back, and it also goes into that pain into the glute. Also, maybe that pain goes out of the glute as well, down our back of our legs or our hamstring and stops at our knee. That's still sciatica. Maybe you're even experiencing some symptoms that we radiate from the low back, down the glute, through the hamstring, past the knee, and even into the foot. Our sciatic nerve starts from nerves coming together in our low back, and it follows its own pathway going down into the foot. So if you're experiencing that radiating pain, and even though it passes your knee, you are still possibly experiencing sciatica. And there's a couple of ways that you can start assessing on your own to determine, is this something that I'm experiencing? So one thing you can do is a toe touch. So standing feet together without bending your knees. I want you to bend over and get as close to touching your toes as you can. Being in this position at your end range, one, I wanna see, are your hands on your toes? If not, how far away do you feel like you're, you see that your hands are from your feet? What do you feel in your body? So are you feeling a pain or just a stretch happening in your low back? Are you feeling anything radiate down that glute through that hamstring or even into the foot? What are you feeling just being in this position for a couple of seconds? And then come up for that position. Something that I do in my office, one, is I do do a toe touch to see not only can you touch your toes, but also what is the body doing for you to even get into that position? But also I do a different test where I have the patient sit down at the table and I have them extend that leg that they're experiencing uh, that sciatica in. So I have them straighten out their legs, now this across is out in the air, and I come up to their foot and I bend their ankle back so that their toes are coming up towards their shin. They're in the slumped position, so they're slumped over with their legs straight out in front of them, and I'm the one bending their foot back towards their shin. And I wanna see, does this exacerbate or increase their sciatica that they're experiencing, that radiating pain down their leg? If I relax their ankle, so now their ankle is pointing, their toes are pointing away from them, their leg is still straight, did that relieve any of the tension? Did they feel less pain or less radiating pain when I took that ankle away? 
Also, sometimes I throw a little neck in there. So while they're in this position, they're sitting on the table, they're slouched over, the leg is straight out in front of them, and also their toes are pointing up towards their shin. I have them bring their chin down to their chest. So I have them look down and see, does that increase any of those symptoms as well. That is definitely a sign that we have some nerve stuff going on, that we have some nerve symptoms like sciatica that we're dealing with. So those are just a couple of things that you can help use to just clarify and do a little assessment to make sure that it is in fact sciatica and not those other things that may have you experiencing that reading and pain down both legs or something like that. Okay, so some strategies that I want to provide for you. So Biggest thing is honestly body awareness. We need to find what postures or positions, whatever word you want to use, are the most pain-free for you. So if you notice that doing that toe touch or bending over to pick something up off the floor, which is similar, or maybe sitting and after a certain amount of time, maybe that's 15 minutes, 30 minutes, a couple hours that you start experiencing that sciatica pain or that sciatica type feeling, then we notice that that is a position of pressure that your body does not like right now. So what positions can we be in that either eliminate that sciatica feeling altogether so you're not experiencing it at that moment or at the very least decrease it? So that's something I want you to pay attention to is we have to find one what positions are pissing off our sciatica nerve. And then from there, we can determine where our pain-free postures are. So for example, I had a patient who's experiencing some sciatica specifically when she sat down working at her desk for, for specifically for her, it was more like 10 hours, which I've learned is something that has happened over these past couple of years. But we talked about some of these strategies and some ways that we can help trying to decrease that sciatica feeling throughout the day while she's away from me. So really teaching her some tools that she can do on her own to help her own body. Something that we specifically worked on was one, developing uh, an alarm so that she can get up every hour for a movement timer. And if it was something that she had meetings back to back or she just couldn't get up at that time, then we definitely provided a routine for her to do at her chair so that she can relieve that pressure because she knows that my back in this position over X amount of time, I feel that shit coming down my leg. So now I know who, let me check back into my body. Let me move into a different position or get some type of movement into my spine so that my body can kind of reset and I can start over again. All right. So it's kind of like helping your body kind of reset that slate so that you take away or diminish that sciatica pain so you continue out your day. And the best way to do that is to find what causes that pain. So finding those pain postures, those pain positions, and then finding out what is a pain-free position. Next thing is moving well throughout the day. So we kind of touched on that a little bit with that past strategy when you're determining that bending over and picking something up off the floor is something that ramps up that sciatica pain, right? So now we need to just have a better pattern a better function of that position. So instead of repetitively going over that and you're flexing at your spine to pick up whatever it is off the floor, you should start practicing, you know, how to move better. In this position, in this particular movement, I teach patients the hip hinge pattern, okay? So instead of bending at your spine, you're using your hips and you're keeping a straight back and you're creating more spinal awareness. So therefore you can conserve your spine and all the movement that you want to do. So one of the movements later on that I'm going to provide to you um, is kind of a regression back from a standing hip hinge and it's starting on your knees for you to even feel what that hip hinge even feels like. So much time, um, 
So many times I am trying to coach a patient through hip hinging and I, I have them stand up. And when I learn that, I know they've been doing deadlifts or something, some type of variation that involves hip hinging. And I'm assuming that they know that they're doing it properly. But some people aren't and they're still arching their back or maybe their knees are too bent or maybe they're, you know, looking kind of squatty when they're trying to do a hip hinge. So I kind of take them off of their feet, take their feet out the equation so they don't have to worry about stability or balance in that situation. I put them on their knees and I have them feel what that movement pattern feels like when they're just doing a hip hinge, which literally just involves their hips, their low back, in their glutes. So learning how to fire that muscle, learning what it actually feels like. Starting training that hip hinge pattern and then you can transition that over into standing so that when you go to pick stuff off the floor, you're no longer bending at your spine and you're actually implementing that hip hinge pattern that makes everything easier. Now, this does come with conscious movement. Subconsciously, for those weeks, for those months, for those years, you have been bending over and flexing at your spine so much. And now you have to be more conscious and more intentional with your movement so that we can retrain those brain pathways to say, hey, this is how I'm going to move now. And now, and then it'll become a, honestly, a habit. My wife laughs at me so much, but she now sees from since we've been together that I'm bending over and I'm hip hinging every time. I don't care if we are in Home Depot. I don't care if we're in freaking the grocery store and I'm going on that back shelf or if we're in the freaking any type of line and we've been standing in a line for a long time, I will start doing hip hinges because the body, it feels good to me. So it starts becoming an subconscious movement once you work on it consciously or intentionally. So just keep that in mind. Sometimes you're going to backtrack. You're going to be like, shit, damn it, I feel that. But just because of the awareness that you've now created in your body, you know, okay, let me start over. Let me back up again and do this hip pinch motion, all right? So that leads me next into something I kind of touched on a little bit was focusing on endurance and control. So I mentioned about regressing people back from standing on their feet and doing that hip pinch pattern and being down on their knees. And that is specifically for them to gain control of their body. If you don't own and control your body when we're not involving our feet, our ankle, then how are we going to be able to do that when we stand up, we add a barbell, or we add some weight and we try to deadlift? We have to know what it should feel like within specific movements, so specifically within that core, what it should feel like, what our glutes should feel like, and just what our hips should feel like being in that position. So a hip hinge of regressing back into being on our knees is a way that I help people learn how to control that hip hinge pattern. When it comes to endurance, when it comes to reps and sets, when I program um, and I make resilient movement plans for my patients, I prescribe them based off of time. All right. So everything is 60 seconds. I'd say you can do anything for 60 seconds. Right. So everything is 60 seconds. And in there, maybe we're holding for three to five seconds. Maybe we're holding a position for 10 seconds. We want to focus more on activation and what you should actually feel. So that creates more body awareness and that you are using and targeting the muscle or the movement pattern that we are trying to use. I notice this so much when it comes to glute bridges. I have people do a glute bridge on my table to see, okay, cool. What are you using? Is your back arching? Are you actually squeezing your glutes? 
I find that people are using their hamstrings more, that they're focusing so much on how high they can get in this glute bridge that they're arching their back. And the thing that I want them to feel, which is specifically their glutes and those butt cheeks are not being used. So we practice on, I need you to hold and squeeze those butt cheeks for three to five seconds at the top and then come back down. If I have someone working on what their core should feel like, what their oblique should feel like, and helping creating stability in their core, I may have them do a side plank. And our goal is to hold that for 10 seconds and then relax and reset. We're just building up endurance and stamina in these specific muscles, building it up around our spine so that fatigue isn't what leads us to that pain. Because if you're sitting for hours at a time and you haven't trained your core to sit in these positions, after seconds, you start noticing that that sciatica may come down your leg. You can start noticing, oh, I'm starting to get stiff in my low back. Because our muscles that we have been subconsciously using are not engaging as we want them to. So we have to be intentional about our movement. We have to be intentional about how we're holding specific positions. And you'll learn that sometimes that focusing on more holes and isometric holds um, are what can help you kind of lift heavier, last longer throughout the day without that pain, and just do whatever shit you want to do, whatever activities that you want to do, and it can start relieving that sciatica, okay? So lastly, let me give you some movements, some things you can start implementing right now to help relieve that sciatica. So first thing up, diaphragmatic breathing. So when we start to flare up, it's coming from our low back. We talked about where that sciatica sciatic nerve comes from. So laying on your back, hips at 90, knees at 90, and doing some diaphragmatic breathing and making sure that we're really focusing on pushing that diaphragm down as much as we can. Next is crocodile breathing. And this is laying face down. And sometimes you may notice that laying face down actually already helps you kind of relieve um, some of those sciatica symptoms. And if it doesn't, um, that is okay. You're going to notice it when we add in that breathing. So learning how to breathe and actually expand that diaphragm, which pushes that stomach into the floor and also lifts up our low back. So it pushes our low back up more towards the ceiling. We can start relieving some of that pressure off of those nerves. So crocodile breathing can help with that. Next up is sciatica flossing. If you have not heard of nerve flossing before, the whole purpose is honestly to get the nerve gliding back and forth in its pathway. Every nerve has a specific pathway, whether it goes under muscles, through muscles, whatever, through holes, all the things. It has a specific pathway just for it. And depending on how you move your body, you can help kind of get that nerve to glide and kind of release some of those adhesions or whatever is blocking it, just getting it to move. Sliding. And gliding is the goal for all tissue, for all fascia. So laying on your back, grabbing the back of your leg, and uh, starting with your knee bent, and then pointing your toe towards the ceiling is a good sciatica flossing nerve. And if you want to uh, nerve movement, and if you want to add a little bit of extra, once you extend that leg and that foot is up towards the ceiling, you can actually bring your toes back towards your shin. And then point your toes back towards the ceiling and then bend your knee back down. So just cycling back through that motion. If you remember earlier, as I described to you, one of the assessments that I use in the office is having the patient sit on the table with their leg extended and I'm being the person that's um, act, um, act passively, actually pushing their either their foot up towards their shin so that their toes are back towards their shin or pointing their toe to see what it feels like. Now I hold it there to see what, you know, what uh, pains or radiating pain we provoke, but you can also use that as kind of a therapy. So start, move slow. If pulling your toes back to your shins is too much, then don't do that. And just go back and forth cycling between a knee bent and a knee straight with your toes pointed towards the ceiling. 
Next thing up is, you know, one of my favorite positions is the 90-90 position. And this one is specifically working on 90-90 with a focus on kind of the external rotation part. So being in that 90-90 position and bending over with a flat back, folding over that front leg can give you a good stretch. And those external, those hip external rotators, that piriformis muscle, which is something you hear frequently about, right? Because the sciatic nerve runs under there, it sits under that piriformis. And so our piriformis is a part of that hip external rotator group. So this stretch just specifically focuses on lengthening out those movements. I'm sorry, those um, muscles and getting some relief off of that sciatic nerve. And then last but not least, we have what I call, um, what we call the prone baby lift. So that is being face down and seeing what it feels like to just keep that lower body, so that low back and those legs on the ground and lifting up from your chest and seeing how we can just honestly cycle through that and get our low back moving more with extension, okay? I hope that you found today super valuable. If you are experiencing sciatica, I hope that you are taking these movements and taking these strategies and going to implement them into your daily life. So then I want to ask you that for my people out there, if you are experiencing sciatica, I want you to DM me on Instagram and I want to know what are your top two questions or concerns that you have about sciatica, all right? That can be, you know, um, what can I do for it? That can be how long... It's something like this last. Whatever your top two questions or concerns that you have about sciatica, please DM me on Instagram at Resilient Spine and ask me all the things. I just want to be a super valuable resource for you and just give you as much information as I can so that you can start helping your own body, which is what the goal is. All right. So as always, my goal is to help you move better, feel better, and be resilient. Um, be on the lookout for my, you know, I have something that I am going to be talking about some more things going to help you offer some value to you for you to actually start taking action and kind of have a more detailed plan to help you relieve some low back symptoms such as sciatica so be on the lookout for that later on in the month um i'm so glad to be back and talking to you guys on the podcast i really appreciate you all um, for being patient with me and giving me this month off as I was preparing for our new baby as he's now five weeks now. But it is so happy to get back to talking to y'all and teaching and giving you as much information from my brain as I can. So before I continue going on a rant, um, you guys have an awesome rest of your day and I will holler at y'all later. Mm-hmm.